stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! You know you've made it when you can basically create your own clip show. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hey guys, it's Andre Harrison here, and well, it's actually kind of barren in here. For the first time ever, it's only me on this episode of the podcast, but you'll see what I mean in a minute. Welcome to episode 150 of Motorsport 101. Now, a lot of you guys were asking me to do something special for episode 150. Did you have anything special planned? The honest answer is not really. (laughs) But I did have a good idea is to basically put together a clip show of some of your favorite moments brought to you and suggested by you, the fans, to put together into one hopefully quite fun little montage of some of our favorite moments over the last 150 episodes. Um... For those guys that are, you know, newer fans that may not have stuck around for a while, um, a quick explanation. Motorsport 101's been around now since, God, the first Russian Grand Prix back in 2014. So we're, we're coming up to nearly four years of running this show now. Um, this show was meant to be nothing more than a 10-episode university final project for my broadcast journalism degree. As you can tell by the number of the episode we're going through, this clearly got way out of hand quite quickly. And there's another blooper because my phone bloody went off there. We're keeping that. (laughs) Truly professionals on this show, to the end. But um, no, this was only ever meant to be a 10-episode run. But you guys seemed to like it so much, we kept going. And uh, three and a half years later, we're now at episode 150. Don't ask how that happened. That still blows my mind to this day. Um, And in that time, we've had over 20 co-hosts on the show we've had some great interviews some great times we've grown a second show um in <laughs> as uh, as as times have gone on there's plans to add more i'll say that now as a as a as a minor preview for what could be coming soon um and yeah, we've we've come a long way since then i mean geez we've had 150 episodes now um well over something like coming close to nearly 300 total hours of of actual podcast um in the time we've had on here now it's 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 ridiculous it's like it's like the musical little shop of horrors it's just gone way out of hand at this point and now we can't control it it's it's ridiculous um <laughs> and you know we've changed the format around a couple of times too we've had a couple of mainstay hosts we've had obviously uh, the great adam johnson who features a lot in this in this highlight reel trust me um if you miss him you're gonna get a, a good a, you're, gonna, you're gonna get a good fill of him here i promise um and as well as people like rj o'connell and zoe hamilton that's come along and you know is, is more staple hosts in the last couple of years or so and and I'm really proud of how things have gone, and uh, this is a little uh, celebration of that in this, what I like to call the very poetically named Motorsport 101 clip show. But before we get into that, just places you can find us one more time, we are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. A massive thanks to everybody that checked out the Santino Ferrucci highlight video. Um, as I'm recording this on July 18th, he's literally just been sacked out of Trident. Ha! But, um... 
yes, um, he's now gone, but that episode's now been watched over 11,000 times on YouTube. It is ridiculous how that's blown up. I don't know how it did, but uh, yeah, over 11,000 views on that at the time of recording this. It's absolutely insane how much that's gone semi-viral. Um, so massive thanks to you guys for that. It's taken us over 1,800 subscribers and over 300,000 views for the YouTube channel since we started now. So that's absolutely fantastic. So thank you all so much for that. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were, you can also follow us on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. If you want to follow me personally, you can at Harrison101HD and some of our regulars um, at Ryan Eric King on Twitter. That's with two Ks. RJ O'Connell at RJ O'Connell. And if you, if you want to follow Zoe, you can at we Zoe And our, our editor, Lewis, the guy behind the microphone and co-host of Bike Live, you can follow him at LewisSutterby23. Um, so you can follow all of us on various social media platforms. It's all a fun time indeed for all those involved. Um, and if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon. Um, you can, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all our specials. All our uh, individual episodes of Motorsport 101, uh, um, and as well Bike Live, which had episode 68 go up earlier this week, um, talking about the Last Samurai. Um, I said like the retirement of Danny Pedrosa, the sad passing of William Dunlop, and all the news and reviews coming from BSB at Knockhill as Jay Dixon and Leon Haslam split victories there, and um, while Superbikes at Misano, as Jonathan Ray took a very hard-earned double win. Um, over there, a real dogfight in race two between him, Michael Vandermark, and Marco Melandri. Well worth listening in as well. So, without any further ado, let's get into the Motorsport 101 clip show. And uh, we asked you guys out there for what's your some of your favourite moments over the years on Motorsport 101, and uh, we got inundated with literally some requests um and this is the first one that came up it's from episode 47 back in july 2016 um and the insistence that um like basically king and johnson tried to goad me into picking sebastian vettel to win the championship and uh it, 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 I, I kind of fell for it. I'm not even going to lie. I, 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 me being a stand for Ferrari is quite an early theme of this of this show. It comes up a lot. And uh, a lot of these clips in general are at my expense. So, hey, enjoy me making an arse of myself for the next half hour or so. Here's me. Well, well, I call it it's the first of two parts, really. The first part is from episode 47 back in July 2016. This was after the 2016 Austrian Grand Prix. What happened was basically Sebastian Vettel was leading the race at one point on a pair of super soft tyres that had gone way past his expected shelf life. And next thing you know, the front tyre lets go. It detonates. Vettel's out of the race. And I wasn't best pleased in the aftermath, to say the least. Here it is. Brace yourselves, people. I'm not going to be happy about this. King, you got a beer? <sighs> I feel like we're on, like, sun loungers watching a distant nuclear bomb going off. Look, I'm not... I was not one of those people that had Vettel down as a title threat for this season. I was not one of those guys that thought... If anything, I was cynical towards Ferrari. I said, if they can't win eight to ten rounds a season, what are we really talking about here? And I've been critical of Ferrari this season. And... <sighs> 
uh, my, my dander is, is up right now. I, I, I can only keep this in to a certain level. It's, 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 maybe, maybe now I'm a little bit more understanding towards Alonso fans because he had to deal with five years of this. And it's that Ferrari are just a perennial fucking letdown. It gets on my nerves that before this Grand Prix, Vettel was 45 points off Nico Rosberg in a season where he had two DNFs, both of which were noise fault. You know, the engine blew out in Bahrain before the race even started. And then being taken out from behind by Danil, I'm, I think I'm better than what I actually am, Kvyat from behind, who, by the way, is having a wretched season right now, poor guy. Um, and now this time, it's, 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 it's a puncher. The tw- lap 27, he suffered the puncher on the on, on the first lap. It was, a, it was a complete blowout for what it's worth. He spun and hit the wall. His race was over. And looking at Kimi Raikkonen's race, he was on a very similar, seemingly one-stop strategy. That Raikkonen came out behind Daniel Ricciardo and the two Red Bulls. You could tell the strategy wasn't going to work because Raikkonen was ahead on track, obviously, because Vettel started from ninth. And... It's obvious. It's the, the one stop is not going to work here because Raikkonen would be caught in traffic all day, being behind the two Red Bulls and Nico Rosberg. But no. <laughs> Instead, they they stick Vettel on this ridiculously high risk strategy, which I still don't think he was going to win because Merck's just looked that good today. Like they they destroyed Verstappen in the second half of the race, for what it's worth, and his tire goes pop. And I'm just sitting here thinking. You combine the engine blowout. You combine Kvyat's foolhardiness in Russia. You combine the fact that they've probably left two wins on the table from Australia where they got it wrong on strategy there and Catalonia where they got it wrong on strategy again and Raikkonen got shafted out of a win when both Ferrari and Red Bull both put their stronger drivers on the weaker strategy, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and now this, where... A one-stopper combined with Peretti still not knowing what the hell caused these accidents happens. Guys, I've had enough. Like, like I'm going to lose my mind if this continues. Like, I'm doing, re- I'm trying really hard to keep this down because, like, it's, it's infuriating because Vettel was punched above his weight again this year. He's having like, if you look at the results, he's actually finished. He's had a very, very good season couple of second places, been in contention for wins, has been the guy that has got the fawn in Mercedes side more than any other, just like last year. But he's now pretty much out of the title running, realistically speaking, going forward. Ferrari may have been able to win two, maybe three Grand Prix out of the first eight this season. And despite all of that, now Vettel's out of title contention. The guy that you've put so much assets into, the guy you desperately wanted to, to spearhead your team for five years now. <laughs> like, because apparently they were hawk, they were scouting him from 2011. They wanted for Ferrari, they wanted Vettel in Ferrari red. And this is the end product, and you still can't give him a car that can A, win a race, or B, even make the finish, or C, even put him on an optimal strategy. Kings, hold me. I've had enough of this. <laughs> it's I, the I think it's worst. Ferrari's oh god incompetence at Ferrari. It's just 
mm, you, you don't want it to be a thing, but it's a thing right now, and you don't know why, because it seems like every time there's a problem, they, you know, fire leadership, hire new leadership, and it's still the same thing. This, this, this So like the England football team, then? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, don't even... Can I also say two things? Number one, we've just spent most of the first half hour of the podcast discussing passionate fandom in motorsport. Exhibit A. <laughs> and B, I think the frustration is shared to a wider extent amongst neutrals because some people want there to be competition for Mercedes. And as you talked about earlier, Mercedes have looked the most vulnerable they've been since they ascended to this dominant position uh, at top of Mount Olympus at the start of the hybrid era. And everyone was like, oh, if Mercedes slip up, Ferrari will be there to capitalise. And they just have not which is kind of frustrating if you're a neutral and you want closer battles at the front. I don't even know how you're feeling right now. I don't think I want to. Dude, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. You can lay on the bed on the side. Just talk to me, man. How are you feeling? You're not feeling good, are you? I'm gutted. I'm gutted because if you put these... If you, if, I'm, I'm going to be even... I, I'm going to be... I'm going to be concerned. It's bad enough you're also having to support Man United. Shut up. Mm. Shut up. Man United's <laughs> cheered me up the last week, given what they've been up to recently, but it's... I'm going to be conservative. Two top five finishes and Vettel's within a race of Nico Rosberg. In those two races I mentioned where he had a DNF that wasn't his fault, Russia and, and, and Bahrain. Two top five, that's 20 points. 10 points each. Minimum. He's in contention. Like... And we're talking about Vettel still being a realistic title threat within a race of the top of the top guys, despite the fact we've often criticised Ferrari for giving away easy opportunities. That would be a testament to just how frigging good Vettel has been the last year and a half. You know, justifying his place as arguably the best driver in the world, pound for pound. And this is a situation where Ferrari have just thrown so much away. And... King, it was obvious. The papers, the, like the numbers, said it. The, the like, Pirelli had thrown out cautions regarding tire lamps. The two stopper was the way to go. We saw it. Yeah, the one stopper wasn't feasible. <laughs> Especially, even though, like, strangely enough, I, I assume it's the Mercedes being the Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton was able to go what twenty-two laps on the ultra softs, and, and not comfortably, to say the least. I mean, maybe, just maybe. When you're Mercedes and when you're that quick, it, it gives you a certain amount of strategical freedom because, heck, Merckx broke their own policy for the first time in a long time in this round by allowing Nico to try the two-stopper given he was further back. So, even then, it was obvious that the two-stopper was the faster strategy. Uh, look, Nico Rosberg wins that race in, in under normal circumstances. So Ferrari thinking they're clever, trying this one stopper, it just didn't work. Like Red Bull was way off the pace as well, especially in the second half of the Grand Prix where Verstappen was about 15 seconds behind the two Mercs before this incident even happened on a track that's only a minute six long, roughly. <laughs> King Johnson, I'm in despair, man. Like, like, yes, like today is Sebastian Vettel's 29th birthday. Like I got, I got his one What's by, a birthday present. Like I got this beautiful one by two Ferrari mini helmet. It's sitting like a foot away from me right now. It's a beautiful bit of craftsmanship, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and this is the birthday present we get. Another Ferrari fuck up. Like like 
Ugh, just I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm moving on. Sod this team. Ferrari gives me no hope. Merck's are probably going to run the table for the rest of the year. And like Ferrari's had chances to win three or four rounds this year, and they've blown every single one. I am sick and tired of these goofballs. Yeah, the story about me punching a hole in my wardrobe after that one was actually true. Um, I'm not proud of myself for that one. Um, one of my angriest moments, I'd actually argue, as a Ferrari Vettel fan, um, wasn't pretty. So, yeah, <laughs> not my finest hour on that one. But hey, I would never be so stupid as to pick them to win the following year's Drivers' Championship now, would I? That would never happen. Not in a million years, right? Here's a clip from March 2017, episode 78, as uh, I may or may not have been goaded to pick Sebastian to win the 2017 world title. Again, not my finest hour. Scuderia Ferrari. Oh god, do we have? Can we skip this one? Do we have to talk about these guys? No, like, no, we no. we we do. We there is an upside though. Autosport seem fairly high about Ferrari. Where okay, their panel I'm has. Surprised they would. They're bankrolled by their. They're pretty much bankrolled by their by their biggest rival at McLaren. Yeah, and their nemesis. They they list the top prediction for each driver including their average one. So you get to see who everyone voted for for champion. And of the round table, let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine people voted Lewis Hamilton would be champion. But we yeah. have three people voted for Sebastian Vettel as champion. Karun Shandok, Gary Anderson, and Scott Mitchell voted for Sebastian Vettel as being champion. And one person, um, Anthony Rowlandson, Voted for um, Kimi Raikkonen being champion. Dethroned that man immediately. What is wrong with him? <laughs> um, oh jeez. Okay, let's. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put this off no longer. Scuderia Ferrari, a retained lineup of Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen. Things really can only get better by Ferrari standards after a year mirrored by bad breaks, some of which were self-inflicted. They were quick in testing, quick enough to put a scare into Mercedes-AMG, but how real is that pace? Sebastian Vettel wants to get back to his championship winning ways, and Kimi Raikkonen is out to prove that he's still capable of carrying Ferrari up the order in the constructor standings, or even winning a race. We've seen them in testing, we've seen yeah. the testing results, we know the pedigree of the two drivers. We saw what they could do last year, and we saw what they could do the year before. Hmm. But what kind of Ferrari are we going to get in 2017? I'll tell you this for nothing. Betting-wise, they're throwing money on Sebastian. For a fun fact, Sebastian Vettel was 16-1 to 1 to win the championship before the test started. He's now 3-1. to 1. Mm. He's mm. second favorite behind Lewis Hamilton, who's even money. They think Ferrari have got a better car than Red Bull Racing do now. They think Vettel and even Raikkonen has been slashed from from thirty three to one to nine to one to win the title. Like Ferrari are now five to one to win the constructors. They have been slashed. People are throwing money on this. Well, I will. I I, I sit back and I go. Are you guys crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I think Karun Chandok's uh, uh, like 
comment on his vote is just hilarious where he says the car is genuinely fast and Sebastian has plenty of experience being in a championship fight besides choosing Lewis is the easy option and that's just not fun (laughs) (laughs) I like you Karun I like you um yeah Uh, look honestly it's like King, it's like I'm trying to fight every bone in my body to say this team's got a shot because, like, they people were gushing over this team in the tests. Raikkonen set the fastest overall lap of any one during the entire test. He was the only man in the one eighteens. Um, they looked like they were giving Mercedes a run for its money. They looked very comfortable out there. They racked they racked up a lot of laps. They were fast and it. By, by every assessment, they were holding back too. Um, they were slowing down in sectors a lot as well, and it, it put the Jiminy right up Lewis Hamilton saying, yeah, we think they're the favourites going into the season. How much of that is Lewis Hamilton being Lewis Hamilton? I don't know. Yeah, but it's gamesman- a little bit of that is gamesmanship. Of course. Man, man, they. I was surprised at how well they came out of the bots as well. Um, yeah. My goodness. And remember, this is a Ferrari team that is gradually building the car more to Kimi Raikkonen's liking. This time it may not it may not just be an overt effort because Raikkonen again, he's a driver that comes from that V10 era background. So these these cars in theory should be more to his liking. Right. And and Vettel again, is very adaptable as well. Yeah. Well, Extremely. according to both Grand Prix editors of Motorsport and Autosport, Anderson and Noble, they've said essentially the car is going to be fantastic. What Ferrari's, what's going to be Ferrari's big sticking points this year is one, developing the car over the course of the season, and two, strategy, and I would say emphasize more strategy, strategy, because I think Ben Anderson's quote, where Ferrari will mess up his strategy, Vettel will lose the championship stuck behind Jolin Palmer's Renault in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> oh, to the love of Christ, don't even give me that thought. Um, yeah, I Ferrari mean... Ferrari driver stuck behind a Renault driver at Abu Dhabi. Never would imagine it. Can't even, <laughs> can't even imagine it. It's never happened before. I mean, just like, RJ, you're not, like, upset by this or anything, are you? Nope, no, no. Nope. Wouldn't, wouldn't dream it. <clears throat> uh, oh, dear. Um, so, like, this is the part where everybody looks at me and in the corner. Me, the, the Ferrari masochist and Sebastian Vettel fan of the internet. <sighs> Do I think they'll win the title? Do I think they'll do it? I want to believe. I really do. But part of me is like, this is the Ferrari narcotic. It's teasing you. It wants you to back them only for you to let you down spectacularly in explosive fashion. Probably like Bahrain last year. I don't know. I can't do it, King. I can't do it. I can't do it. I think they'll finish second. I think they. I think they've got a good car. I think they've really got a good car. Do you think, think Vettel will get back to winning races? We can at least compromise on that. Do you think your man Sebastian Vettel can go back to winning races like he did in 2015? I think we'll get a couple. You get a couple. I think. I think Mercs have always left the door open for a couple of races every season. It's always been a thing. Whether, whether self-inflicted or not, Mercs have had strategical blunders too. And they've left the door open. I mean, Ferrari had three or four decent chances at the start of last season to win a Grand Prix or two, and it just didn't quite happen for them. 
Thanks a bunch for that one in, in Canada and Austria, you guys, you bastards! Um, but, Red uh, Australia. Ah! Ugh, I'm sorry. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I, if the strategists are not idiots and the car is good, I think Vettel will be in a couple of rounds. I think it could be like last year, he won three in 2015, and Singapore, he was sensational that weekend. That qualifying lap was still one of my highlights of the year. Um, I think he'll win a couple of races. Whether he'll win the title, we've got to see what Mercs have got. How much Like how much was Mercs playing possum during testing? We haven't seen what Mercs... Like, did the Mercs we see, was that them at 100%? We don't know yet. And we know Ferrari were holding a little something back. I think it was obvious, given their lap times and how they were watching them in testing, they were hold, they were holding back to an ex- extent. We don't know what Mercs were doing, and that's the big fear. Like I fear that Mercs have kept half a second back. They're going to come out of the street and they're going to blitz everybody. And they'll be like, oh yeah, back to the drawing board. Hamilton's title to lose. Ah, thanks for coming, everybody. When's MotoGP on? Um, and that's what I fear it could be. But I am going to say... I'm going to say Vettel will finish third in the drivers. He'll win a couple of rounds, and he'll be a driver of the year candidate in a decent Ferrari. But I don't think they'll win the title. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm not... We're making making positive steps. This is a a journey, not a destination. I am off this narcotic. I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> Red Bull racing. Let's, I'm moving on. I'm moving on quickly. Speaking Another of narcotics. You know what? Sod it. Sebastian Vettel's going to win the Drivers' Championship. I'm nailing it down. I've had enough. <laughs> it's for fun this way, King. See, see RJ. Davis from the backcourt. See, see, RJ. All it took was that reverse psychology. All we had to do was like pound that in, like Dre's worst fear <laughs> of ah! Hamilton joining that four title club. <laughs> Can't do it, King. Can't do it. <laughs> I can't have him in that club. I have to back Sebastian Vettel. I will go down in flames if I have to. <laughs> I will go down in flames. Sebastian Vettel for the driver's title. Let's do it. Right. It's more fun that way. You get to see my pain as I live tweet races over and over again. Through Let's do it. Te- through gritted teeth and just looking oh. at him while, while, uh, while Mad World starts playing in the background <laughs> full blast. <laughs> Uh, it was all going so well until uh, until Singapore, didn't it? Singapore, and then a spark plug in Japan, and then it all just went to shit. <laughs> that wasn't great at all. My bad, people. My bad. Uh, the Vettel fanboy in me took over, and uh, yeah, I was made to look a bit stupid. Oh dear. Speaking of which, another clip voted for you by the fans. Um, ones that stuck out by a few people. This we're going back here to the 2016 um, Motorsport 101 Awards, episode 70, um, from December of 2016. Um, it was one of the last episodes we did for 2016. It was after the, the season had finished, and um, one of our famous awards on this show, one we totally didn't steal off of Top Gear was the prestigious Golden Cock Award for the most irritating and awful thing about motorsport that year. 
and there was a debate for Max Verstappen's antics over the course of that season, but I may have or may not have hijacked the award and gave it to Sky Sports F1 with a pretty scathing rant, one of the most scathing I think I've ever done in the 130-plus shows I've been on. Here it is in full. I'm going to make this obvious. It's it's Sky Sports F1 for me, and and like I'm going to go off on a trade here. For me, I I I compulsively hate Sky Sports F1 so much so I bought Sky Sports for my entire house and made sure we don't get the HD channels because I don't want to watch Sky Sports F1's live coverage. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> That, that should tell you what you need to know Whoa. right there. Martin Brundle is paid £500,000 a year to suck Max Verstappen's dick. That is, that is an honour that many people from Holland on Twitter could easily do for half the price, at least. <laughs> David Croft's continued employment, I, I, I find mind-boggling given the amount of errors and, and, and issues he has and the amount of gen... Like, to be fair, he's actually toned down the ham-caping quite a bit this year, but in exchange he's made 115,000 more mistakes during the live commentary. Like Rachel Brooks was the worst interviewer oh in the business God. this year. Um, the, amount of, in, the amount of incessant times she was trying to wind up Nico Rosberg for a soundbite and Nico Rosberg is by far the classiest and nicest dude in Formula One and had to basically stomach a bunch of Rachel Brooks related bullshit it, it, like that annoyed me it, no end entirely Johnny Herbert is vanilla Damon Hill bores me Simon Lazenby puts me to sleep every time I watch Formula One to the point where I actually think watching Simon on Lazenby mute, is the default kind of oh you've been around Sky Sports vanilla. quite a while if he was a sandwich, he would be plain cheese. No margarine. He'd be, oh, no thought, he, he'd be low fat spread. Oh, I thought he would just be yeah. like just two slices of bread. <laughs> just <laughs> a plain bread. Yeah. If he was a no, 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 no. I'll give him a little bit of juice. It's 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 it's, it's home brand spread. If like, okay. if, um, what was the oh, what was the name of the guy? Uh, Jake Jake Humphrey. Yeah, Jake Humphrey. Yeah. If Jake Humphrey was Nutella, then Simon Lazerby is just. Oh fuck it, we can't. We've not got anything in that sandwich. <laughs> yeah, he needs the home brand spread, spread yeah, you get from Tesco's for eleven p. He is he is he is home brand as as the spread you buy for eleven p. And other brands overall, are available. Sky's coverage was the epitome of let's find 115 different ways to tie every possible story in the grid back to Lewis fucking Hamilton. And it's amazing, because I, I don't even mind Lewis Hamilton all that much when he keeps his fucking mouth shut. But no, Sky had to actively make Lewis Hamilton's profile more worse in irritating than it was. And let's not forget the overblown reaction to the fucking Snapchat scandal in Japan. Oh no, my. for me... It is Sky F1, and if Sky F1 does not win this award, I am walking off this podcast right here and okay. now. With no pressure. Yeah, with Croft the Clock being all the time and Dre's red. <laughs> it's, it's Croft the Clock. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to vote for Sky. I'm going to have to vote for Sky. <laughs> right. Well, that is unanimous. I thought that was where it was going to go. Now, some of the clips you guys mentioned, we're going to put in here again. We've used them in previous highlight reels and montages before, but they were so well requested. We felt, well, why not use them again? If Top Gear can do it for Winter Olympic specials, why can't we use clips you've done before, right? So here is a couple of these. Um, the specials we're very proud of on Motorsport 101. We did one. We, we did the inaugural draft, which was a... a a great moment. It was a very fun show. It was me, um, 
me, RJ King, um, Matt Carnero from Mystery Science Theatre F1 on YouTube, and Chris Cook from Cook Productions 1 on YouTube as well. Um, the five of us basically going through the plethora of motorsport and picking who we think would make the best super team. And it was a really, really fun time. One of my favourite episodes we've ever done still. And uh, here's that montage again. Mostly because people wanted to see me get screwed over at the end again. Of course. This is the International Fantasy Draft here, folks. Max yeah. Verstappen with the number one pick. Pikes Peak winner, Homan Duma. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's a great oh. shout. What a pick. Oh, wow. Well played. <laughs> I'm going for your boy, Graham Rahal. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Williams driver, Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you couldn't resist, could you, Chris? I'm going for Alexander Rossi, bitches. Oh, the reigning. Oh. <laughs> champion, 18th overall. I'm picking Roman Grosjean. Oh. Esteban Ocon. Simon oh. Pagano. Whoa, oh. you did. Ah. Sebastian Bourdais. Moik Duval. Pierre Gasly. Charles Leclerc. King, you really are going all the way with this French thing, aren't you? La Marseille is ringing out in the King household right now. <laughs> I'm just here to woo the nation of France. Overall, <laughs> overall, and also the winner of the public vote, Andre Harrison. No! Andre no! <laughs> won the public vote, and... His five points from that were not able to put him over Matt because Matt finished second in the public. You know what I you think this is? I could have been very bitter and, and tactically voted, but I was very honest and I put Matt as my number one pick. No, no. One person voted tactically and screwed you over. Was Who it Chris? Was it? It, it was Chris. It was Chris. <laughs> Chris voted Dre dead last. <laughs> Chris voted Dre dead last and um, Matt first. Cook. Sleep with one eye open tonight. <laughs> you son of a bitch. And here is another bonus clip as well from our second major draft event. The, uh, from episode 100, the Centennial Cup. Um, and the best and worst of how that came out. The results reveal for that one. And there's a little extra bonus the bidding war for Masushita, as I ended up paying way over the odds for a fourth Formula 2 driver that really didn't work out for me at all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, one and all, to the second Motorsport 101 Fantasy Draft, the Centennial Cup. Charles Leclerc, the current Formula 2 Championship leader, I... is the number one pick. I never saw this coming. So you're stuck. We, we yeah, may I, as well I, get him out the way. <laughs> yeah, I have 200. Do I see 250? I'll take him for 250. 300. 400. Anyone 400. King says 400. 420. Ryan King says 500. Any, do I see any advance on 500? 5-5. Five, 5-5. Five. Five, five. Do I see 6 anywhere? 600. 600 says King. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say 650. Damn it. Okay. 651. Six... <laughs> I'm not accepting $1 bids. Yeah. Uh, this is well, not Monopoly. We're going to do Yeah, only intervals of five. No, you just don't want anyone to outbid you. <laughs> no. Like, okay. $700. Oh. <laughs> but the $750. Oh, oh. 
Any advance on RJ O'Connell's bid of 750 for Oliver Rowland? 770. Oh, oh insane! <laughs> A 770 bid from Matt Cornero, a power play move. Hey, so how much money has Matt got left? Former future Sauber Formula 1 racing driver, Nobuharu Masushita, is on the block. How much is your opening bid, Zoe? 300 again. 300 again. 450. For fuck's sake. (laughs) 575. Six. Oh, for... I've backed down one too many times, Zoe. <laughs> I have one driver! Have Literally, no one else wants to try here. I, th- I thought RJ of all people would have made this pick. $750. There we no! go! <laughs> Shoulders, chest, pants, shoes! <laughs> seven, seven, five. Are you insane? What <laughs> Charlotte Kirk, are you serious? Prince Nobu is worth it! Oh, what have I done? <laughs> did I just pay more than anybody else so far in this draft for Nobuharu Matsushita? Yes, yes. RJ, you had 2,174 points. I had 2,224 God points. damn it! <laughs> I win the Centennial Cup. RJ, you come a close second place. To this day, I still don't quite work out how I finished third on that one. Even though I had Charles Leclerc. Yeah, don't ask me how that turned out. It was a really, really weird one. (laughs) Um, One that was brought up a couple of times as well. This is another really fun one. The Origins of Fight Club. Um, We love a good fight on Motorsport 101. And anyone that claims they don't enjoy fights in sport is a liar. They are lying to you. They are wrong. Um, like they're just in denial, quite frankly. Um, here is basically the origins of Fight Club, and it was a great clip from March 2017, an episode that again had Matt from Mystery Science Theater. I find it his laugh is absolutely contagious. By the way, it's the cutest thing ever. Um, it was a fight in NASCAR in Vegas between uh, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, and how it escalated into talking about fights in sport in general. And it was absolutely hilarious. Probably the funniest individual segment I've ever been involved in personally. It's it's fantastic. So, so check this out. It's a really fun time. I promised I would never watch NASCAR again. But I had to make an exception because, King, we had a fight. <laughs> an, an actual fist fight. Yes, yes. There was a fight during the end of the NASCAR Cup race in Las Vegas last weekend. Because during the run to the line... Did I know we talked about this in the stream? Was it? I know it wasn't for the lead. It was for second or third. It was for third place. I want to say. Yeah, third, fourth place. Yes. Yeah, third and fourth yes. place between Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch in his number eighteen Eminem's Toyota Camry, and Joey Logano in his number twenty-two Penske, well Shell Ford Fusion. And they're coming around the last quarter for the line. It looks like that Kyle Busch is going to finish the race in third. But then Joey Logano comes up, gives Bush a little love tap in the third. In, in, in the last corner, Bush gets loose, basically loses it, thankfully avoids the wall, heads down pit lane. But by then, it's far too late. Logano is gone across the line in third, and Bush is probably down a, a good four or five positions. 
Yeah, Bush slides down the pit lane. A, a, a nice courtesy, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> on, on, on that one. And, like, shout out to Jeff Gluck for the fantastic video footage of this. Because he's following. Because after the race ends, um, Bush is walking up pit lane. And you know what's going to happen here. Like, you can see the footage. And you know, like, like I like that nobody tries to stop Carl Bush at any point here. <laughs> like, 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 you know exactly what's going to happen. And yet, nobody tries to stop it. It's great. Like, NASCAR's like, there, let him fight. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, the, he's the homeboy. you got to let him loose. In there. Yeah, and the thing is, like, yeah. no one expected it to escalate so quickly. Well, that's what happens when Carl Busch walks over to Legato and then sucker punches him. <laughs> it's like, yes. like, out of nowhere, he just clocks Legato square in the face. And the next thing you know, Legato's crew are take, have taken Bush down and they're giving him the ground and pound treatment. <laughs> like, Good old it, wasn't re- it wasn't really such Legato, it was more Legato's crew, yeah. basically, that had had enough of this. And they had just taken, they had taken Bush down and a couple of guys took a swing at him. Because, hey, it's Carl Bush, why not? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> this is a once in a lot of opportunity here, friends. You've got to take it. <laughs> Future shot, give give Carl Bush a punch. And, you know, they NASCAR, like, after about 20 seconds, they pull Bush off the pile. Basically, it's like a fight. It's like a fumble in an NFL game. They've pulled Bush off the pile. And, Bu- and Bush has come up bleeding yep. from the head. <laughs> he's got a proper shiner on his foot. Like, someone's giving him a good clock to the noggin. <laughs> because yeah, he, he looks like Shane McMahon after he got his head tossed through a car window. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, like, 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 Legado, like, Legado's been yanked off. Apparently, he didn't get hit once, apart from that sucker punch, obviously. But, uh, like I said, like, Bush has come up. He's bleeding. Like, I love that they're trying to interview him after he's walking away from the track, and there's literally blood coming down Bush's nose. It's like he's just psychotic. He's just, like, completely phased out of this. It's, it's great. And, you know, again, Bush just completely unrepentant for, for, for his actions. Legado says, oh, it was just hard racing, man. And I think Bush on the other side was like, well, Legado races hard. He knows what he's going to get, basically. So, you know, it's a typical NASCAR fight, really. You know, both guys think they're in the right. And it's 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 a it's a fracas. It's a proper brouhaha. And honestly, half of the humor is just seeing Carl Bush get beaten up, quite frankly. <laughs> if I mean, if I'm, I could be, the masochist in me as a fan is like, it's like that, and the funny thing is, it's like it's like Bush wasn't even the bad guy because it's in Las Vegas, and apparently the Las Vegas guys really like him, King. Yeah, because it's his hometown. <laughs> Both the Bush brothers are from Las Vegas. Oh, it's a hometown slot. Like, like King, there can't be anything more depressing than like a hometown guy getting beaten up at his own racetrack. I mean, like <laughs> you say that no one stopped Kyle Bush while he was heading to Joey Logano. What was Kyle Busch think was going to happen when he walks up to Joey Logano just after he gets out of his car, surrounded by his entire pit crew? Hey, tunnel vision, bloodshot eyes. you got to go for it, man. got to go for it. Shoot your shot, Bush. Exactly. Shoot your shot. Exactly. <laughs> Shoot your shot, Bush. Like, honestly, if you're about to punch somebody, I don't think logic normally applies here. Like... If it gets to that point, you're probably not thinking about it. <laughs> and, and people are people are know. going after NASCAR saying, oh, why didn't NASCAR fine or penalize Kyle Busch? I'm like, well, Joey Logano wasn't fined or penalized for what he did out on track. Yeah, when he T-bowed Kenseth last year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, or that race where he 
moved Kyle Busch out of the way. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> exactly. NASCAR, like, like I said, secretly, NASCAR loved this kind of shit, really. The guys that were more upset were Mars. The guys that sponsored like, the Mars that actually oh sponsored Bush. Like, this yes. doesn't represent our values. This doesn't represent <laughs> our company values. And the thing is, they, <laughs> they they will, they they will, like, say we're not sponsoring him for this race because they have done it in the past. When he was in the truck series, he intentionally took out another driver. And for the with, like, three races ago in the season, he took out another driver intentionally. And for the last mm-hmm. two races, they were like, yeah, we're not sponsoring you. And he drove around with a blank car. <laughs> but, you know, it's, well, he so sure pet- has some history with that, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's America. They're just so petty out there. Like you know, we're not going to sponsor you for three rounds as punishment. <laughs> we're not dropping you. We're just going to suspend you for a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. The same company nice. still sponsors them to this day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna block your car for a race. Oh, I mean, uh, would you really go let go of your moneymaker even if he just square? punch the broke broke some other guy's jaw no that's the last thing that's that's the last thing nascar needs man they need all the ratings they can get right now have, have a fight we need more fights <laughs> that's just the reality of it if you're an nascar where your ratings are falling yeah let's, let's have a fracas why not <laughs> i mean it worked for top gear <laughs> yeah for top gear. look at it now this is as good as it's ever been but uh you know like, 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 we talked about this, King, because we watched one of our favorite journalists, Bamani Jones, do a video about this a few years ago about you can fight if the sport is right. And, like, why do people hate sports fights so much, King? Like, sports fights are amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it's fine if it's, if it's NASCAR and hockey, it's questionable. Like... It's it's more questionable now because people know more about head trauma. Yeah, and these guys are just wailing on people in these hockey fights, where you're basically allowed a little bit of a scrap, but not too much. Like like somebody has to win the fight before they before they break it up. <laughs> yes, like that like that's hockey these days, basically. And, and you know it's more like that. But like you know, like I said, like people pretend to hate fighting, and like I love a good sports fight. I just do. I said it on I said it on our hangout. Uh, on Monday, the Manus in the Palace is my favorite basketball moment of all time. Oh, <laughs> Even though I, I do, f- I do feel bad for the one guy that was mistakenly clocked my Rodar test. <laughs> that, that was the first action of that. F- well, it wasn't the first action of that fight. No. It was the first action where fans were involved in that fight. <laughs> yeah, like ro- like like Rodar test is laying there on the camp. Like, look, for those of us who don't know about the Manus in the Palace, it was a, it was it was a basketball game between the Pacers and the Pistons, and like Ron Artest and Ben Wallace are going at it and both of these guys have reputations of being hard foulers, enforcers, like guys that are not afraid of a few fisticuffs basically. Now there's there's a skirmish, there's a, there's a couple of shoves, there's a couple of punches thrown. They break it up. Artest is sitting on the scoring table perfectly chilled, waiting for it all to die down and then one fan throws a beer at him. And you all know what happens next. <laughs> he bum rushes into the crowd to the location where the beer came from, starts wailing on a fan, which wasn't even the guy who threw the beer. <laughs> oh my god, this sounds amazing. <laughs> Matt, after this ends, Google the malice in the palace and thank me later. I um, shall. 
It is one of the most ridiculous sporting fights ever in any context. It's insane. And our test got, I think, an 80-game suspension in the NBA for it. Like, like, basically, it was a one-season suspension. Yeah, because, like was... <laughs> because an NBA season is 82 games long. Yeah, so, and he got an 80-game suspension. So basically, I think it's still the biggest suspension in NBA history. Like For something like that, it's, he got 80 games. I think Steven Jackson got 60 games, which is amazing because Jackson was like the main guy that was just in all the violence. Yeah. Like, the joke that Bamani made in that video is like, is Steven Jackson here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Jack, like Jackson was out of control, just like breaking down all like, the little skirmishes. I think the phrase he used to describe it was that that part of the fear was that part of the fear. Yeah, he, he, done. yeah, what? yeah. He said he said it. He said it was like he was a Ron Artest up in the stands. That was the Pacific Theater. <laughs> Stephen Jackson <laughs> on the court. That was the that was the that was Europe. He was handling Europe. <laughs> he was handling. He was on the ground there handling Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my it's god! Like, like, like they said, security shouldn't have arrested him. Security shouldn't have been handed him a hat to give him a tip. Because <laughs> he was really like, it was like, okay, you got a pacer and a piston fight. Steven Jackson just runs over there, just clocks him, fight over. Runs over to the next fight, clocks the guy, fight over. <laughs> and that was with Fred Jones on the ground getting the piñata treatment. No. <laughs> It was like, no one out here is like, oh, poor Fred Jones. <laughs> it is the most amazing thing. Oh. I highly recommend that. And I also might also recommend Mike Kazemba's video. He did breaking down said malice in the palace. And how about, a bit overdramatic. Yeah, a bit overdramatic. But he breaks it down to the point where it's like, the fan that Ron Artest started wailing on, like the guy who threw the beer ran over to Ron Artest and tried to pull him off the guy he was punching. <laughs> Oh, he's like, he's, like, like, he's, he's like he's had a face turn. He's like, no, no, no. Fight me instead. But yeah, that was probably was like gonna... one of the... Looking back, it's hilarious. But in the moment, it's probably like one of the most ugliest moments in American sports. <laughs> it's ugly. And that's what makes it so beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> because remember, kids... If you if you're getting to a fight on the ground, just pray that Steven Jackson is there for you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there, there's only like a handful of sports where fighting is okay. It's pretty much NASCAR, sometimes hockey, and baseball. That's it. Oh, I love a good baseball fight. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, because when a baseball fight happens, it's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the dugout's clear, and there's a hundred people scrapping on the middle of a baseball field. It's amazing. Going over the top, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's> like <laughs> everybody, like there's there's almost a situation where it's almost you're obligated to be involved in the fight if a fight happens in baseball. If you're on the bench, you're obligated to get out there and help your teammate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you look like an asshole if you're the one that didn't go out there to protect the fight. Yeah, you, you like... just you just sat there on the bench and just waited waited for it to clear out. No, you don't do that. The king is like my favorite. It's my favorite fight line in phrase. Like you may not have started the fight, but you want to be the guy who finishes it. Like that. Like that's the logic we're going with here. <laughs> like I still but remember, we have to mention... like early two thousands, like New York and Boston would have a fight every other week. Oh, that was great! Like one one guy gets hit by a pitch, and then all the dugouts clear. It's amazing. But um, King, like before we move on real quick, like 
what are your, some of your favorite motorsport fights out there? Because I, I, I jokingly broke a, broke a few of them down um, on Twitter <laughs> the other night because there were just there were some funny ones I can remember. Paul Tracy and Alex Tagliani in the days of Champ Car was gold. <laughs> Mostly because Paul Tracy just didn't give a shit, <laughs> quite frankly. And he was like, French, French drivers, they never take their helmets off. <laughs> <laughs> they're smart they're smart they're clever like they're clever and because again shout out to friend of the show elizabeth worth this one but when i mentioned that paul tracy fight and she's a massive fan of francois siver and after a crash or i think he already had two fractured ankles he punched jody Schechter's helmet in a fight and fractured his wrist in the process oh like that is God. the that is the dumb thing racing drivers do. Like, if they get into a fight, they punch the crash helmet. Why? <laughs> it's you the natural instinct the... of going for the head, you know? Yeah. But they forget but that mean, there's like... a crash helmet in there, and it's going to crack you open your hands. I mean, like, in, like, there's there's some, like, in hockey, there's, like, this weird etiquette in hockey where if, if you're going to have a fight in hockey, you always... Take your helmet off and drop the gloves. I don't know why you take yeah. the helmet off, but you take the helmet off and you drop the gloves. Like they don't think this through. If you keep your helmet on, protect your head. Well, like this is not clever. Like, like I said before, Nelson Piquet had the right idea when he was taken out that one time. Piquet pushes the helmet for the distraction and then throws some kicks to the body. So, <laughs> he's very clever, Nelson Piquet. He, like the, 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 those Brazilians are next level. They know how to fight. <laughs> Yeah, we, we know our Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah. like, I was hoping for some capoeira, but I will also settle for some kung fu kicks to the crotch from Nelson <laughs> Piquet. He just goes full kung fu on him for a minute there. It's like, <laughs> or or, 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 or Nelson Piquet Jr. attacking people in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one. Paul Tracy was a great one. I, I mentioned, I, I mentioned one from like the BSB Riders Cup the other day, right? Hang on. I'm gonna see if I can find this. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the clip I put, I put of this, um, but I'm gonna play this like live. There was a fight at Alton Park um, in 2014 in a BSB Superstock 1000 race. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna put this in the Skype chats, and you're gonna get a live reaction to this. Don't play it until I tell you to. Okay. okay. So keep it paused and keep the timer at zero. All right. Okay. Is you guys ready? Ready. Okay, three, two, one, play. Like, I'm going to run this through, okay? Mm-hmm. They're, coming over, they're coming over the top corner here, right? You see the crash is about to be right about now, oh, okay? Yep, you see I them just the saw them fly off. Yep, yeah. It goes off camera. What, what's the guy camera? in the red? Give us some ground oh. power. Oh. There you go. <laughs> 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 he just goes immediately. He just pins it to the ground. <laughs> he just goes for the... No, wait, wait. It gets better. Look, the guy <laughs> in the blue, right, gets what? up and he comes oh, up oh, and he goes... Oh! Oh, 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 oh man! <laughs> I think he knocked the protection of the helmet back. Oh my god! Like, the guy in the red helmet is giving him the is giving him the pinata treatment on the ground. There, he's punching the helmet. He's he need him in the helmet. Oh, it didn't like, even just, look like that. It looked like he just did like you know the big show just KO punch and just walked away. No, he, yeah, he's giving like he him a punch. Rusev. He, 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 he's giving him a couple of the knees, and then the guy gets up afterwards and is like, no. Come here, and he sucker punches him right in the back of the helmet. It's amazing. Oh my god! Like, 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 riders just don't get it. You don't. Why do you aim for the helmets, people? It's terrible. <laughs> Still a great time. Still a great time, indeed. Um, 
the last section here I like to call the degeneracy and men resting their nuts on the table segment. It's uh, a lot of quote-unquote lewd behaviour from us on the show. The first clip is another one we're using again from the past, only because Johnson was so ridiculously gushy-eyed about this. We had we had to include it again. Um, it's the London 20... It's the, it's the Rio 2016 Olympic Games, and having Johnson basically gush over Laura Kenny, um, or as she was back then, Laura Trott, before she got married to the other Olympian, Jason Kenny. Um, basically how she's basically the most adorable girl in the world. And to be fair, to this day, I almost don't blame him, even though he probably still got a restraining order as a result of this clip. Play it! To be honest with you, probably... Uh, do you know it's been really hard because I've I've loved the track cycling. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, and helpfully this Just time around. Just Laura Trot already for God's sake. <laughs> I'm building up to it. She deserves nothing less. Obviously, let's get let's give a shout out to my bae. Um, my favourite moment of the Omnium. She literally spent the high, the final run to the line off the final corner, waving at the crowd. She's almost like, I mean, even Scott Dixon isn't that like, <laughs> no. I hate you because you are that perfect. Here's my favourite. They did an article on them today on the BBC Sport website. My favourite takeaway from this article. Uh, well, there's quite a few. And then just my favourite point is the moment that Jason's parents clocked that they were a thing. Like, literally, it's at the point now where, like, Trot is my bae. You may have worked this out, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I can't even be mad at Kenny. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, how sickeningly sweet Trot is. Yeah. Her reaction to... Her Instagram post for her first goal of this games was, checks under pillow. This really did happen last night with a photo of her laying in bed with her gold medal. <laughs> like, oh my... Can you just stop? How can one person be this adorable? She's like track cycling's Mark Marquez, effectively. Because today I was like, oh, there's no track cycling anymore. No more Laura Trot. Oh, I've got to watch motorized bikes. Oh, that's boring. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to talk about motorsport now. I'm sorry. I'm I'm drawing a line here. And... (laughs) Without a doubt, the most heavily requested clip we got asked for here, um, by a country mile and probably the funniest segment in the history of Motorsport 101, as voted for by you, the listeners out there, um, there there was only ever going to be one winner here. From episode 63, here is the full Shag, Marry, Kill segment from episode 63, and how it basically got way out of hand towards the end. May the good lord help us all. Danny Brennan asks, Shag, marry, kill. <laughs> Max Verstappen, Ayrton Senna, David Croft. Oh, God. <laughs> kill myself. Just end <laughs> it now. Just like, just, can I just jump out of my bedroom window and land head first? Please. <laughs> Rather than um, answering this. Like, uh... I mean, you can't kill Max Verstappen yes, because can. the Netherlands will yes, just hunt you, you down. <laughs> okay, okay. The entirety of the okay. Netherlands. If, if I, uh, like, okay, I'd have to kill David Croft. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even gonna wow. say I'm sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, David, sorry, David not sorry. Croft, you've got to go. Sorry, uh, King with the savagery. I mean, I mean, so like, how can you kill that that has no life? <laughs> As in Ayrton Senna okay, right now. you know what? I'm in this um, for the long haul. I will shag Ayrton Senna because of his passion. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do his passion. 
Yes. He, 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 love, he loves gun. He's passionate. He's very fast. <laughs> Put it in the yeah. intro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> did I just say that out loud? Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> oh, I'm broken. I'm dead. Man down. Man down. <laughs> oh god! I'm oh, crying. This oh, episode, man. this episode will officially be named Shag Ed and Senna. I will marry Max Verstappen because it will be because it will be interested in the long haul and Croft has got to go. Dave, David Croft has got yeah, on my nerves. I think I'm the same line of as Dre, but yeah, 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 I yeah. I'm, okay, the joke, the, yeah okay. I'm the friggin' joke material yeah, but, here. Yeah, but, but the way you phrase it, just the way you phrase it. <laughs> it almost there's like fan fiction writers out there that would like Dre and Ayrton Senna do Brazil out on a date together. You know. Listen. Oh, I love your I love your passion, Ayrton. Every time I watch MSTF one, you motherfuckers. Yeah, listen, I see the passion listen, listen, in your eyes. You motherfuckers thought I was on a booty call and I was in York, okay? Which I wasn't for the record. So you know what? The fact I'm getting involved in all these romantic stories, sod it. I'm getting some. I don't even care right now, okay? Dre is now becoming a pariah for the fan fiction yes. community. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, what have you done? Brennan, you're. Do I have to give yes, my answer? Yes, you do. <laughs> oh Christ. Um. Uh, kill. Uh, just, just uh, I don't know. Um, I I, I think. I, 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 David, you're the only person who I could kill, and an entire nation of people wouldn't come and like rend that me limb true. from limb. <laughs> so sorry, mate. Uh, we're, we're unanimous on that oh, one. Word. Uh, do do I want to do? Oh, this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. Do I want to do Max Verstappen or Senna? <laughs> those things in the playground you know like oh if you had to if you had to shag your mom or your sister which, which would you choose or you, you have to or you'll die or you'll die which, you have to choose one. Oh, brennan i hate you <laughs> i love you brennan Ugh. I, I just tweeted uh, just because you want to marry I Connor tweeted daily the, i tweeted on the official um, account best mailbag question ever uh i'd <laughs> Um, I'd marry Ayrton Senna because the, the wedding ceremony would be chaos and probably have a lot of booze in it. It'd be fun. And uh, Shag Max Verstappen because I have a feeling he's actually more vanilla than we all think. <laughs> we all assume he'd be pretty wild. He's more vanilla. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Actually, no, don't. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one more question. I mean, One it more was. question. Speaking of shag, marry, kill. What, the final question is from <laughs> notable and legendary Motorsport 101 backup RJ O'Connell, who sent in the question of oh God. which motorsport announcers would you most want to call your bedroom shenanigans? Uh, so, as you shag Ert and Senna, who would you want to have make the call? <laughs> We have just hit oh. rock bottom, ladies It doesn't get any lower than I should, this, I should folks. just note, I should just note, I did reply to RJ on Twitter with who I, who my number one pick would be, but I can't pick because he's not a motorsport compensation. He's not a motorsport. Uh, uh, who was Mara your number one Ronell. pick? <laughs> yes, correct answer. He'd throw in popcorn. Although he'd throw in too many pop culture references, he'd end up laughing. 
You just end up losing concentration. You'd be like, Moro, my, mate, I'm, I'm trying to get it well, on. Like, you, you make me laugh too much. just tweeted, warning best mailbag question ever to Danny Brennan. And then RJ just responded literally 10 seconds ago with, I had that title in the bag hours ago. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, um, who's going first okay, on this one, man? I, I guess I'll go first. I would have to I have to go with the MVC team. Now I have to go with the MVC team. Lee Diffie, Steve Matchin, and David Hobbs, because they normally commentate races from a studio about a thousand miles away. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, Lee... I thought you were going to say the IndyCar team, and I was like, no, Paul Tracy would put you white off yeah, the game well, with a sass. I could not handle like, Paul Tracy. Man, man, the only day he's getting tonight is an Uber. <laughs> Oh my god, like, to be fair, Lee Diffie like, would be a really... Excuse, excuse me a second, I'm just going to go and punch Paul Tracy across the other side of the room, I'll be back in a minute. What do you mean I can't pick Addy Raceman as my commentator? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, god. What do you oh, mean I can't think. pick Katie Hargett because he's technically not a commentator? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now this show's hit rock bottom. King, no, god damn, no. King's just f 5 the show into the floor. Oh, no. We've sunk to a new low. 63 episodes over 100 hours of this podcast have now gone out over the years. And this is a... Can I just, can I just say... Rock bottom. Anyone listening to us who thinks we're not, like, mature and PG enough in Kiss motorsport and we need to be taken more seriously... Um... We, it, it, that ship sailed. <laughs> remember, remember at the start of the episode? <laughs> when I said, <laughs> when I said, oh, we shouldn't be raiding racists. <laughs> <laughs> Gone way beyond that now, dude. This is like Motorsport 101 R18. Is there an R18 rating on iTunes? Can I just say, like, Brother Ryan saw this question earlier. Brother Ryan is in my actual Brother Ryan Harrison. <laughs> Saw this question and he and he said, like, "I'm going to say an answer that might be even worse than King's implication." Brace yourselves here, and I quote: "Brother oh. Ryan said Lee McKenzie in the hope that she joins in." <laughs> not my words. Not my words. We had a, we had a good run, guys. We had you know a good you run. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're done. You know, we're, we're not coming you know, back next week. You know, I. I uh, I meant you know you mentioned earlier about worms with the yes. baseball bat. Mm. That was a fucking holy <laughs> hand grenade. Hallelujah, hallelujah, bang, <laughs> or a super sheep. Oh Jesus Christ! That, that was the concrete donkey of answers right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, just oh my god! Like, uh, do I have to actually answer this still? Oh shit! Yes, we're all in this. This is like saw now. Because it's only fitting, the only right answer here is James Hunt, surely. <laughs> well? Am I wrong? Well, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I, I've banged that a few times when I was out in Korea, but uh, there was normally two or three other people involved. Um, yes. uh, uh, James, uh, uh, James Hunt <laughs> and goddamn Murray Walker. That, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like my... And it's go, go, go. James, what do you think of that? Well, I think his technique's a little bit sloppy, to be honest. He's dropped the condom. Um, no. Um, <laughs> Unless I'm very much mistaken, and in this case, I, it appears I am. Uh, Johnson, this just means you. <laughs> um, <yep. laughs> no, I've got it. I've got it. Mark Scaife. Wow. Just because, have you ever seen him whenever a car overtakes another in a V8 supercar race? Yeah. Just the moment he goes, yeah, he oh! just loses his mind. 
Either that or Daryl oh Walter. Oh, God. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Damn right. We, we feel low. We feel low. Just, just keep going. The other side, the, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. This new episode title will be named Booty Calling Ayrton Senna. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're keeping we're, that we're one. We're done. We're done. We are through. We are out. You- King, did yeah, you give yeah, me yeah, a presentation? I said, I said the MVC team because, you know, they usually commentate race oh, yeah, a course. thousand miles away from a studio. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we are so done. We are through. We are out. I'm not even going to go through the social media again because we will not be on the air next week. So at this point, <laughs> sod it. Who cares? You know where to find us. True story. After we finished recording that episode, we genuinely thought we weren't going to be back after that. We thought the wrong person's going to find this. We're going to have to take this down. <laughs> I, I, I thought we were screwed. Like, amazingly. We got away with it, and everybody seemed to really love it. It's it's still one of our most listened to episodes, and again, arguably our funniest because it also featured my trip to York, which uh, didn't get included in this one for because it was mostly off a podcast segment we did on YouTube more than anything else. But uh, whew, oh boy, um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 quite a clip to say the least, and I can completely understand why you guys wanted it back in there so badly. It's a gem. It's hilarious. And, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but it was really, really funny. So I, I, I completely understand why you guys wanted it in there so bad. Um, but just before we go, I just wanted to say a couple of words real quick. A, a massive thanks to Lewis for putting this together. He's, he, he's again, he's a real saint behind the scenes editing this as well as being on Bike Live. He's a He's he's a golden boy to say the least. Um, special thanks to everybody who sent in suggestions for clips, like Henry Chapman, like Jacob, like Danny Brennan, um, who's been on the show before himself, um, like Mahiri, um, Vagilis as well, who all sent in clips, all sent in moments. Um, you guys are great. Thank you very much for for being involved and thanks for being fans. You guys are great. You listeners are are wonderful, wonderful people, and you keep putting smiles on our faces and you guys make it worth listening to and make it worth doing every single week. It's so enjoyable doing this. It's a, it's a real labor of love. And, um, I can't do it without the incredible team that I've got around me. Um, Lewis to Hazel, to King, to, to RJ, to like people like Johnson, who was such an integral part of the show when he was around as well. Um, you know, to Zoe, to all our other regulars, to Nor, who was making our videos at one point. Um, those guys are immense. They're fantastic people. And we, again, we couldn't do this without them. They're so invaluable. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see where the next 150 goes. Um, I, I still can't believe you've gotten to an episode 150 as it is. And, you know, hopefully the next 150 will be just as fun. Um, and there'll be many more clip shows like this in the future. So again, a special thanks to you guys You, the fact you guys care about this show so much is what's enabled us to make this so, um, you guys are awesome, don't ever lose sight of that so, 
Uh, special thanks to everyone involved, and special thanks to you listeners out there for making it possible. Um, places you can find us one more time, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and my personal handle is at harrison101hd. And if you really like us, you can back us on Patreon financially. Um, $5 gets you early access to both this show and to Bike Live. Bike Live will be back later this week with episode 69. Nice. Talking all about Mark Marquez and the Saxon Ring, his ninth win in a row over there, as well as the support class races, as Brad Binder got his first Moto 2 victory as well, and Jorge Martin breaking the field again in Moto 3. A very fun time indeed for all involved on that one. So, episode 69, nice, of Bike Live, will be out later this week. I've been Andre Harrison. Thank you very much for listening to the Motorsport 101 Clip Show. Thanks for listening, and sayonara. Oh,